Welcome to Blue Talks. Thank you. Well, it gives me great pleasure to be here speaking at Corey's event again. Uh, Corey and I saw in the first event up in St. Albert, I guess it was about four or five years ago. And we'd have to date that as before the pandemic because that's where everything starts now. You know, everybody will be saying that before pandemic and after pandemic. It gives me great pleasure to be speaking at UCLA. And what we're going to talk about is a new paradigm in leadership, because that's what we need. Our old leadership, unfortunately, is faltered. It, it's flawed. And I call it believe and inspire leadership. Show of hands. How many of you have been in a business situation where you had a boss that didn't use all your talents? Come on, almost everybody in this room will stick up their hand. How many of you had a boss that only was concerned about quarterly profits? Come on, come on. Yeah, well, that's what all bosses in this DNA live for. They live for quarterly profits. They live for quarterly ratings. If the numbers are not going up, they're not happy. And that's what every employee tries to do in this day and age, keep them happy. But management must see the flaw in this. How can they think they can do better if they don't call on all their employees' abilities? How can they really do better without knowing that their employees are chock full of talents and yet they're not calling on them? What a travesty! You know, the old style was what I call demand and acquiesce leadership. Now, what do we mean by that? Well, I'll talk about that more in a few minutes. But you know what it was. The boss would demand and you had to acquiesce. Now, that was the same style of leadership that went on at the Industrial Revolution. It hasn't changed in a hundred years. It still is here. Now that is terrible with all that we know. Yet we're in an information age where information doubles every seven months. How can that be that management information doesn't get applied at a higher level every seven months? Here's what people tell me when I talk. My boss is constantly looking over my shoulder, second-guessing my decisions. Our company talks about building a positive team culture, but I don't know, I don't see it. Why did they hire me if they don't trust me? There are five forces at work in today's workplace. The world has changed. How many of you saw the world change in the pandemic? It changed overnight. 
I call them the two lost years because really the world shut down for two years. There were people that pivoted and excelled, but a lot of it wasn't being done. We had to wear masks. We had to stay six feet away from people. We had to uh, literally, when you came into Canada, you, if you didn't have your proper papers in order, you had to go into a quarantine hotel until you got your test done properly. Wow, what a way to do business. The nature of work has changed. Here's what an old curmudgeon says. I want you to do better every day, but I want you to stay with exactly what you've done for the last 25 years. Uh, the workplace has changed. How many of you require, uh, remember cubicles like this? Where everybody sat in cubicles and everyone's expected to do exactly the same thing. Okay? If you were doing well, you got a cubicle at the end with a view overlooking the, the street or the park. Okay? This picture was taken of my broker's office. And he, after many years, was excelled to one of those cubicles at the end. But this is where he lived for 30 years in his existence. Now, where is that workplace now? It's in your home. Who would have thought you could have done the same thing in a home? But it took the pandemic that required us to see that we could see outside the box. We had to break the box because something cataclysmic was going on. The workplace has changed. How many of you have seen that the workplace is younger and has better ideas and really wants more? The workplace changed during the pandemic and there was the great resignation where mass amounts of people quit. And they were quitting not necessarily because they hated their work, but they hated the fact that they weren't contributing to society. They were going through a life place burnout and they wanted to do more. Did you know that 70% of people are planning to go and change their jobs in the next year? That's according to Yahoo Finance. Wow. Do you think companies can survive a mass resignation of 70%? And what about the ones that stay on the job and are quiet quitters? That do the minimum amount of work every day just to get by? Okay. Now many businesses, okay, we have an employee wellness center and, and we are going to bring up our, our people forming at level one to a level three. That really doesn't work. You want everybody to be performing at a level nine or 10 or 11. Now, even choice has changed. How many of you got used to the fact that during the pandemic, you could pick up your phone or go to your computer and order anything to your door instantly? You know, Amazon got rich off this. Restaurants got rich off this that got to delivery services. Uh, you know, Uber Eats and other places got rich on this. Well, that's the sort of choice we have now. You can get things at your fingertips 24-7. 
Now, yet leadership hasn't changed with those five factors. They have stayed the same. They have stayed in that old style of thinking. Now, what does demand and acquiesce mean? Well, you also know it as stick and carrot. How many of you get dangled the carrot with increased benefits or increased wages if you do certain amounts of production? Okay. And how many of you get batted with the stick like whack-a-mole if you don't produce that? You know, I, I think the whack-a-mole existence is something that is not a great uh, way of thinking in business in this day and age. You really must get beyond that. So let's enter the new world. Believe and inspire leadership. This unleashes human potential. Let's look at what that means. This started in 2014 when a brilliant man by the name of Satya Nichella was named to the head of Microsoft. He followed a legendary leader by the name of Steve Ballmer. The pundits were saying Microsoft was going to die. It had done everything. There was no place for Microsoft to go but down. It was going to become irrelevant. Well, Satya invented the first Believe Inspire Leadership program where he believed in his workers, he brought in new ideas, and he, drew, and he grew a $300 billion company to a, one, to a $2 trillion company in five years. I love it when pundits are wrong. I love it when they just fall flat on their ass and get it all wrong. And this is beautiful because it only took a change in mindset for it to happen. It only took a shift. So what do we mean by these things? And I suggest you look at the slide because it's pretty informative. Demand and acquiesce versus believe and inspire. And I've broken it down to five little things because five is a nice number. I, I hate things being too polluted. So in demand and acquiesce, you get compliance. Whereas in belief and inspire, you get commitment. When you get commitment, that's when things start to happen. That's when the world starts to change. Now, in, de in demand and acquiesce, you get transactions. In other words, if you get A, then you get B. If you get B, then you get C. But in believe and inspire, you get transformation. You get businessly litter changing overnight. Now, what else happens? You get a growth mindset in belief and inspire versus a fixed mindset in demand and acquiesce. Now, what do we mean by that? Well, let me break it down uh, to a simple idea. It's almost lunch, so let's break it down to hamburgers. And uh, Burger King opens its restaurants right next to McDonald's. Now, if you had a fixed mindset, wouldn't that be suicide? 
because there's only so many hamburgers that can be sold, right? Well, they realize that when you do this, you actually make the pie bigger. And not only are more hamburgers sold, more pizzas are sold, more everything is sold. So the very fact is the pie gets bigger. This is the growth mindset that needs to go on. Now, let's go to the demand and uh, mindset again, where people get motivated, whereas in the other one, you get inspired. Let me break down the word inspire for a minute. I love linguistics in that way. Inspire comes from the word inspire, which means a breath of life from the spirit. Now, this is what a conference like this does. It breathes inspiration into everybody. It breathes life into everybody. And that's why Connect can do what it does because it breathes new life into new concepts and takes it to a new level. This is where the world's going. And it's not, I'll just use an old example. Wayne Gretzky said, it's not where the puck was, it's where the puck is going to be. And that's what inspiration is. It's all about that. Now, let's go to the last one, where believe and inspire does not manage people. It inspires people. In, connect, in demand uh, leadership, you have people being motivated. You have people bossed around and you don't have them led, okay? You manage things and you lead people. Now, people say, you don't like management, do you? And I say, no, I love management. I love systems. Systems make everything work when everything goes wrong, but they take care of the things. They don't take care of the people. The people take care of the things. So that's where you have this whole different mindset that makes the world better. And you see a bigger and better world as a result of that. Motivate versus inspire. I love to turn to Simon Siddick, who wrote Start With a Why. Corey wrote a book very similar to this as well. There are only two ways to influence behavior. You manipulate them or you inspire them. What do you want to be, manipulated or inspired? Do you want to be told your next race is dependent on getting so much carrots produced? Or do you want to be inspired and do it yourself? I, I think the answer is obvious. I, I think the answer is you would sooner have your dreams. People need to choose to be a leader. And, and when I mentioned that, people said, I'm afraid. You know, I'm an impersonator. You know, in my former job, I was a salesman and I did real good work. Now I'm, I'm forced to look, take care of all these other salespeople, and I don't know what to do. I'm an impersonator. I'm a fake boss. But if you really choose to lead and live a life of leadership, the world is a better place. And you'll find that everything starts with you. It always starts with you. And when you start that as the process, everything falls into perspective. You will start the light 
that turns even an oil field tankard into a beautiful place. The light is shining. Now, I love ideas and I love people producing those ideas and I want everybody to be proud of their ideas and make those ideas come to life in everything you do. Now, the old thinking used to be, if you have two ideas and I have two ideas, we have four ideas. That's bad thinking. What if we took all the ideas of all the people in here and we've got a dozen people and put it to the power of a dozen? That is the new thinking for math. That is the new thinking for making things happen. That is the limitless thinking we have. This is the open mindset you need to get to. So draw that light bulb. Let everybody in your, in your herd work together. Let everybody in your field work together. Make this a better place for everyone. Change is not to be feared, but welcome. The word fear is a very interesting word. It means false, face everything and reap, or it means forget everything and run. <laughs> what do you want to do? I, I think you want to reap, right? Okay. I love origami. Why? You can take a piece of paper and turn it into anything. Your imagination is what it only takes. So that is what you have to think of. You can take a blank piece of paper and turn it into everything. Start with words. Start with the three things you're grateful for today. Start with the things tomorrow when you wake up, the three things you're grateful for there. You know, I think that's where the power comes in, in these little things. Now, I'd like to thank you. And I'm going to give you a fantastic present. And this is going to be the most valuable present in your life if you use it properly. So does everybody know where they are on their journey to a fantastic life? Well, would you like to know? Well, I've put together a little questionnaire consisting of 25 questions that take five to 10 minutes to do. It's at this little site called lifequalityassessment.com. And when you complete that, you'll find out exactly where you are in your journey and you'll be given a, a, a little booklet that'll take you and show you exactly how to get to the next level. Now, in addition, there are nine pointers to make every day a fantastic day. Now, how many of you have a fantastic day every day? Good. There's a couple that have learned that. You know, if you don't, you're cheating yourself. You know, I'm 67 this year. I probably, according to statistics, have 20 to 30 years left on this planet. So if I have one fantastic day a week, boy, that's terrible. But if I have seven fantastic days on the, a week, just think how beautiful that is. So if you go to this little site, lifequalityassessment.com, find where you are in the journey and figure out how you can make every day fantastic. I've just multiplied your fantastic days infinitesimally. 
Now remember, you are not alone. If you'd like to reach out to me, my right-hand person is a wonderful girl by the name of Tammy. You can reach her at tammy at leica.ca. If you'd sooner phone, it's 1-844-936-3362. Or you can go to my website, drellenleica.com. There's even more things there, like for example, if you sign up on the first page, you can get a golden pearl each and every week delivered to your mailbox. And those golden pearls will help change your life if you let them. Bye for now, and thank you for letting me be here today. podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.